everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, I am so excited to introduce Liz Roberta. Liz is the host of the Spiritual Success Podcast. She is an entrepreneur and she is a spiritual coach. And so I met Liz through a mutual friend and I immediately liked her and resonated with her, but I wasn't super sure what a spiritual coach did. After learning more about her job and the impact that she's having on people around her, I knew that I would love to have her on Astrology Now and share her with you all. And I do want to give her a quick plug. In April, she is going to have a three-month spiritual success coaching program that will open up. So if you have an online business, particularly in the spiritual realm, this may be a smart option for you. So again, I am welcoming Liz Roberta, and I hope that you enjoy this segment. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to have Liz Roberta on the show. And she is an award-winning spiritual coach. She's a card reader, author, entrepreneur, and host of the Spiritual Success Podcast, where she helps people navigate things like goal-setting, people-pleasing, unsolicited feedback, and manifestation. Welcome, Liz. Did I miss Hi. anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, as you were reading, I was like, holy hell, I do quite a bit. <laughs> no, I think Welcome. you got it all. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on and agreeing to come on the show and connect. Um, we had a reading recently and I met you through our mutual friend, Daniel, and it's just been kind of serendipitous after that. Yes. It's been crazy. Actually, the amount of people who were linked through, because as you said, I had a past life reading with Daniel who introduced me to you. And then ever since I got a reading with you and shared it on my social media, two other people that I'm close with have said that they know you and they're in completely different parts of America. And it's just so wild. Like the synchronicities are insane. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely some past life stuff. Seriously, it is. And the people that we're linked through, we all do a similar kind of work. We're all spiritual teachers in some way. So uh, yeah, I think we're just reconnecting rather than connecting for the first time. I 100% I agree. And like, I can feel it, you know, like when I met Daniel, when I met you, when I'm meeting these other people, as you mentioned, it's just like reconnecting, just like yeah. coming back, you know? And the other thing that I really love is that we all do similar things, but there's like a gradient, like we all do slightly different variations. And so we just have all of this really amazing stuff to offer one another in the spiritual realm. Yeah, it's so interesting because before I'd met you, I, I really didn't know about Vedic astrology. Mm -hmm. I knew what it was vaguely, but since that reading with you, it has really opened my eyes and I can't wait to have you on my podcast to talk about it more because I have so many questions I want to ask you. But like you said, we all do different things and same with past life regression. I mean, yes. until you really have one, it's, it's really mind blowing. So it's so fun to tap into everyone's different um, areas of expertise, like you said. Yes. And speaking of, so you are a spiritual coach. So mm -hmm. tell us more about what you do in your profession. Okay. So spiritual coaching can mean a whole range of 
different things. But for me personally, I work with spiritual entrepreneurs specifically because my whole background, career background before this, degrees and stuff like that was all in um, was all in marketing. And then I moved to a town in England called Glastonbury, which is this like spiritual little hub. Um, it's kind of I think it's kind of like Boulder in Colorado, or maybe Austin. I've heard that's quite a spiritual place as well. Like it's you know where all the spiritual people go. And I moved there, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to fit in with all these spiritual people. And then I realized, okay, no, I don't, because actually I'm more kind of business minded than I actually thought, and I realized that is what my calling is is to help spiritual people share their gifts with the world and give them the kind of practical tools that they need to do that like how to build a following build a brand get their message out things like that so it was really when I moved to Glastonbury I realized I had this calling and then again with the serendipity I literally had on New Year's Day last year someone literally messaged me on Facebook and said hey do you do coaching and like I didn't at the time I just did tarot readings and card readings and um, I'm a, a human design projector so it's all about the invitation and that's literally what happened and I'd already thought this I'd had the idea okay I really need to to help and actually written an ebook about um about Instagram for spiritual people like how you can build an Instagram uh so yeah that's what I do specifically I help spiritual entrepreneurs to start a business grow their business so they can share their gifts with the world so I work with astrologers human design readers uh tarot readers people who also want to be coaches, uh, authors as well, and um, just really guide them through that process of building their brand, starting a podcast, writing a book, all the different kind of things that they want to do to build their business. Wow. And, you know, I think that that's what I really like about you as well, because I love, like, I love the spiritual community, but I need like a groundedness And I feel like you're so spiritual and you're so plugged in and like, you just have such an old soul, you know, just like so wise naturally. But then there's also this part of you that's like rooted in the world and can operate from a place of, of earthiness and groundedness and practicality. And I think that that is so important and you can tell me because you're the professional in this. But I would imagine that that's so important in growing a business a lot of the time because it helps relate with so many people. Yes, definitely. And it's so funny because I attract people who are similar to me as my clients. And often my clients will say the exact same thing. They're like, I was so attracted to you because you weren't like most, okay, loads of goosebumps as I say this, they're like, you're, you're not like most of the kind of spiritual coaches or spiritual people. And um, and that's just the magic of really standing in your own light and doing your own thing. And as I said, when I had this really pivotal time in my life where I lived in Glastonbury and I thought I was going to fit in and actually I felt so alone, but I also realized that was my unique path that's my unique path I have to be this I have to be both I literally have to be in both worlds and that is my gift and um and so that's what I do now I'm so glad that um that you can see that because like I said that is the people I tend to attract the people who often have also been in the corporate world like I have Mm -hmm. or who are just starting in spirituality so they're just starting to enter the spiritual world but they're not fully in it yet and um so yeah it's really really magical yes definitely And so as a spiritual coach and helping other people navigate this world, what are some of the biggest challenges that you found people experience in, um, in starting their business and feeling connected to their spiritual practices and their spiritual essence while still operating a business? 
Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest challenge I would have to say is definitely trust and self-belief, followed by what we call the witch wound, feeling like you're going to be seen as crazy coming out to, we always say coming out of the spiritual closet, like (laughs) telling your friends and family, because it does feel so terrifying for people. And with good reason, like there's still a lot of um, lack of awareness. For example, my brother's an evangelical priest, so he is not down with any of this (laughs) at all. (laughs) And um, that's another big challenge as well. People feeling like they're not going to be accepted and um, just really lacking the trust in their own intuition and the self-belief that they have what it takes to make it work. So many of my clients will always say it's too saturated. Too many people are doing it already. It's too late for me to start a podcast. And none of that is true. It's just that often we live in these echo chambers where all of the people that we follow are human design readers because that's what we're interested in. So it seems like everyone in the world is doing it, but they're not. And actually everyone has their own unique niche that they can fulfill by being themselves. Literally like what I said about me realizing that I just have to straddle both worlds and feel like I'm the only person that's doing that because actually that's what my unique niche is. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone has that in whatever area it is that they're working or they feel called to work in. Yeah. And so a lot of the time for me as well, when I'm doing readings, I do get a lot of people and they'll say like, you know, I have this job and it pays the bills. And obviously that's so important. Like you have to pay your bills. (laughs) Yes. And, and, and they really feel called to do something in the spiritual world or have a different outlet where they're getting to utilize their gifts and utilize their own unique connection to source, you know, and sharing that with the world. And do you have any advice for people who are listening to this, who may be in that position where they have a corporate job and leaving isn't necessarily an option, but they do want to have an outlet Yeah. So I was in this position, like I think everyone who is now a full-time spiritual entrepreneur has been there as well at some point. So when I started really feeling called to it, I was working in fashion at the time and I started getting up an hour earlier. I'd set my alarm an hour early. And at this point I was obsessed with Mind Valley. So anyone who doesn't know Mind Valley is this online training platform and they do all of these courses for various um, spiritual courses, mindset, personal development, that kind of thing. So I would set my alarm an hour early and I would literally just do spiritual study pretty much. And then when I started my Instagram first, my Instagram account, that was the first thing that I did. So then I'd, you know, write my Instagram post then in that hour and then my evenings as well. And weekends really using any time that you have, um, you just have to try and make that space basically. And I know it gets even harder when you have children. Like I was so lucky that I, I didn't have children then because I can't even imagine how hard it must be having a full-time job and having children and trying to start um, something on the side as well. But for me, it really has been about the mornings. And like I say about my clients, you know, are you a morning or a night person? That's like one of the first questions that I ask because that's how we make the, te- the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you either get up earlier or you stay up later and you become as efficient as you possibly can with the time that you do have. Um, so yeah, I would say, can you get up an hour earlier? Can you go out for half an hour 
in your car and read a book or do whatever you need to do to get started. But there will inevitably be this transition period. And I was thinking about it earlier, actually, it just kind of came back into my mind. But when I did eventually leave my job in fashion, there was this period where I was doing crazy things for money. Like I was literally selling everything I owned on Facebook Marketplace and I made like a thousand pounds, like selling all this stuff. I did clinical trials for a while where I would stay in a unit for like two weeks and just like try all these drugs and get like two and a half grand and like you just have to do these things but when you're called you're called and like I said it popped into my head as like a distant memory and this was a few years ago now Mm -hmm. but you just have to do whatever it takes and when you're being called you're being called and for me there's no other option like I I think I said to you when we had our Vedic astrology reading that this is it now this is it for me I'm never going to do anything else I'm never not going to be a spiritual entrepreneur and if you feel that way you just have to do whatever it takes otherwise you are never going to silence that voice it's never going to go away and all you'll find is the regret builds up on the time that you're not acting on it so get up earlier stay up later use your lunch breaks use your Sunday afternoon cut out the TV. TV can take up so much of our time. That was something that I really had to um, kind of reduce because it just becomes a habit, especially when you're working full time and you're exhausted. And then you get home at the end of the day and you watch two, three hours of TV. What about watching one hour of TV and doing two hours on your Instagram or building your business or writing your book? Um, So yeah, there's no easy way around it. Unfortunately, it is just um, being efficient with your time, like I said, and just finding whatever pockets that you can and making any sacrifices that you need to make. Yes, 100%. And the other thing that I hear you saying as well is the consistency of it. And it's not like you just do it like once a week. And that's the thing is it's doing it consistently and being disciplined and dedicated and committed to your craft. And also understanding that that's like, this is your it's like a commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to yourself, your craft, to your higher calling. And it's just totally worth the time. Oh yeah, definitely. And you do need an outlet when you're a spiritual person surrounded by a world, you know, your friends, your family, your workplace that isn't rooted in spirituality you need that outlet that's exactly where I was when I was working in fashion my family aren't spiritual my friends weren't spiritual and I was and you have to do something to let it out and that's where you make that space and it's sacred space for you where you can ideally be alone if you have a room in your house where you can be alone to really focus and channel and tune in Um, but it's hard there's no getting around it it is hard yeah 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 And so a question that I have for you, just because I'm so interested in learning more about your spiritual path and tarot reading, how has card reading, tarot reading, oracle reading played into your spiritual path and into your business? Wow. Card reading has been everything for me. So I actually got the wheel of fortune from tarot tattooed on my arm when I was 19. And there's like a whole story behind that as well. I connected with tarot cards for the first time when I was 14. And it was one of my friends. I was like a gothic teenager. No one can ever believe that now. They're like, next, I'm like pink, big blonde hair, super girly. But I seriously was like, I was a raging goth when I was a teenager. I think we all were. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and my friend, she was a Wiccan and we're still friends now. Like I'm going to be a bridesmaid at her wedding. Well, if it goes ahead this year. And um, she introduced me to tarot cards as this like, oh, look, look how weird and, you know, gothic we are. And then I, I obviously got really attached to them and I've been with them ever since. And um, she actually has, you know, packed it all in now she's not even interested in spirituality anymore but Mm. they stuck with me so she was that kind of catalyst on my path at that point when I was 14 years old and I always say that I I really wasn't spiritual for a chunk of my life I was a spiritual child and then there was a, a black hole and then I got reconnected with it but during that black hole I always read my tarot cards I've never had a black hole when it comes to my tarot cards and it's actually mad when I think about it because they have literally been kind of like my best friend my sidekick on my whole journey which is really mad when I and I'm getting loose goosebumps it's really mad when I actually think about it and then I've built a business from that my my business started with card readings I've guided other people with card readings in my coaching program you get a, car, a tarot card reading for free because they're so helpful for just that initial kind of advice and guiding people and for me connected with it they were just an easy way that I could see the messages I needed to see um, even when I couldn't necessarily hear my own voice and hear my own intuition that clearly um, so I have such a deep relationship with them I use the Rider away tarot deck which is the traditional one everyone seems to use like 20 different tarot decks and I have always used the same deck like I'm I'm so old school with my tarot deck um, But even now, even though I've read them for so long, I'll often pull a card and then I'll be drawn to like a tiny little detail in the background. And I'm like, all of the times I've seen this card in my life, I have never, ever noticed that detail. So there's endless information that you can get from these cards and the images within them. And even just probability wise, like it's so funny because my husband's an engineer and he's like the complete opposite to me. Like he doesn't buy it. He's like slowly turning, but he's all about, you know, the evidence proof, the scientific method, that kind of thing. And even just probability wise, there's 78 cards and the probability of laying them out in a certain way is actually really really tiny or the probability of pulling the same card two times in a row is very very small and even just from that perspective when you do always get the same card when you're asking the same question you're like this is this is more than just you know chance or probability there's a message here so they're incredibly incredibly powerful I love them so much if you couldn't tell Yes. Well, and for the people who are listening to this and you can't see, Liz actually has her tarot deck. She held them up. The The wheel of fortune card happened to be mm-hmm. on top, which is the one you said is tattooed on your body. Yeah. But um, yeah. And what you were saying about probability, I think about this all the time. It's so absurd. And, and there's no, you can't argue with it. If you're pulling tarot for yourself, I'm sure that those who are listening, who have a relationship with tarot cards, They've had experiences where they keep pulling the same card over and over and over again. What are the odds of that? Like you said, there's, there, there are many cards and different Oracle decks, despite whichever deck you have, right? There's generally over 40 cards. And so what are the odds that you continue to pull the same card repeatedly? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's so much more than what meets the eye. And when you can really tap into that and cultivate the relationship with them, Like that's when things really start getting magical. And I know that you've been doing it since you were 14 years old. And so each card, it has a relationship with you and also 
a very special meaning to you. And I feel like we all develop a, a meaning to the cards in a little bit of a different way. You know, like, um, there will be each card has their own general meaning, but then for us, it will mean a very specific thing. And I think that that's when card readers become so powerful because they can become so in tune with the subtle messages that the cards are bringing forth. Yeah, definitely. And actually, it's funny that you say that because one of the people who um, we have connected between us that I only found out recently is a lady called Whitley Rose, who um, was at the yoga studio with you in Austin, which is mad. Uh, We're really good friends. And we actually did a tarot masterclass on Halloween last year. I think it was a, a new moon that day as well. We did a tarot masterclass. And the reason that we did it together was because we're completely different tarot readers. We read tarot a different way. We learn it a different way we have different meanings for the cards and that was really kind of the key message of the class there's no one meaning for each card they all have so many different meanings it doesn't really matter because it's about your interpretation of the card and that's what I find when I'm coaching tarot readers they always start off sending me so many messages what does this mean what does this layout mean I've got these three cards what's the message and I'm like I'm asking you what the message is you're the one who's pulled the cards it doesn't matter what I think because I'm not the one doing this reading it's not just about the cards that are in front of you it's about the meaning that you pull from them and that unique combination of the messages between them that you then put together to create a story of what the message is so yeah everyone reads tarot completely differently um, and like you said has their own stories attached to it and you'll know from your own experiences like when you keep getting a card you attach it to your own experience and then you put that into readings you're like okay so when this happened for me this is what it meant so therefore I think for this person this is what it's going to mean and those experiences will come up and your kind of intuitive awareness to say look something similar is going to happen for this person that's the message that you need to give so it's all about this trust piece and again when you said earlier what um you know what's the biggest kind of issue that you come across with your clients when you're working with people and it is that trust and self-belief and it's exactly the same with reading tarot cards or doing any kind of readings I'm sure it's the same when you do astrology readings as well really learning to trust what you're seeing trust what you're saying and having that self-belief and that does often come with experience like I've done so many tarot readings like I'd luckily done enough for myself and my friends that by the time I started charging for them I was already pretty confident um but even then when you start charging something you do I remember when the first ones that I sent out I'd spend all morning stressing out stressing out okay I'm gonna film a reading for this person they'd paid me like 50 dollars um, and I remember sometimes like I wouldn't send them that day. And then the next day I'd watch them back again. And I was like, you know, is this right? And then I pull a tarot card. Should I send it? Yes or no. And it's so funny, like being where I am now, obviously having done so many more that I wouldn't do that. But that doubt, um, yeah, is a demon that we have to overcome. Unfortunately, we just have to trust ourselves, trust the unique message that we're getting from the cards because it's our unique interpretation that is the message It's not the cards themselves. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So nice. So well said. It's like that, the trust in your intuition and your trust in connection to source and like not doubting it or getting too overly analytical about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I can speak for myself in terms of tarot and especially astrology is that oftentimes if I feel something in my gut and I'm like, okay, this is definitely what I'm seeing. If I don't follow it, I make a mistake. It's like that impulse and that pull is like correct 99.9% of the time. And it's just learning how to just let it happen. (laughs) 
<laughs> letting yeah, it definitely. Yeah. And I can't believe the reading that you did for me. I, I honestly cannot believe how accurate it was. Like I was actually talking about it with my friend earlier and she was saying, um, she was like, oh, when do you want to have kids, by the way? And I was like, it's so funny you say that because actually it's four years. And that's literally what Christine said. You said that number, you said four years. Mm. And it was just so accurate. And I'm sure that's because you spent so much time training and practicing, but I can definitely testify to how accurate your readings are. (laughs) It was incredible. Oh, good. I'm so glad it was helpful. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so for the tarot, would you say that card pulling is a part of your spiritual practice? Oh, yes. So I actually pull a card for myself every day, not from the tarot deck. I don't want to ruin my day with like a 10 of swords or something like that if I pull that first thing. So I have a positive oracle card deck. Every card's positive. (laughs) I do the same thing. Do you? That's so funny. Yeah, like the worst one is like a a heel, but no, they're all positive. So I pull one every single morning. I literally, I get out of bed and I walk to my office and I pull a card for myself and I keep it upright um, all day as well. So I pull a card for myself every morning and then I go through phases with tarot cards. I can get into like an unhealthy obsession sometimes, which I think we all do when you really want to know something, things are a bit uncertain around you and you keep reading the same question again and again or you're asking a little bit too much and you end up asking yes or no for every little question so I have had times where I've had to pull back on that but now at this point in my life um like I used to do it all the time with my love life when I was single and I was like is it gonna work out is it gonna work out um but now I know when I'm getting into that space or I actually do something now where I'll I'll lay out the cards and I take a picture on my phone and I'll write a little note and I'll put it next to it and for example I've had an absolute nightmare selling a house um so that's something I always want to read about but then I just write like sale um, of my house and then I'll put the piece of paper next to it take a picture save it in a photo album called tarot readings so I don't have to read it again if I'm curious I just go back and look at that one picture of the one reading I did and that's such a good way to stop yourself over reading do it once take a picture put a note next to it because otherwise you just end up with like 20 tarot readings you're like what's what's this one about what's this one about so you have to put a note on it so you know what that reading was actually about um and then it's also really fun as well when you look back and see that they've come true like I was looking through my tarot folder the other day and the stuff that I was asking about um kind of a year ago has happened and I remember like then being so unsure and I was like is this going to happen is it not and now it has and I can you know see it ended with like an ace of swords for example with like a success which is success um and that's happened now so it's also really nice to have the evidence that it has come true later on as well wow yes Definitely. I love the idea of putting a note next to it and taking a photo. I've done that before too. And like labeled it, you know how you can edit the photos and label mm-hmm. it, but I like the idea of writing the physical note, but okay. And so knowing you, I know that spiritual practice and spiritual connection is incredibly important to you and an integral part of your business. And so for those who are wanting to have a spiritual business, do you think that having a spiritual practice is imperative? Absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, most people that want to start a spiritual business will already have their spiritual practices in place, probably. But for me, again, I always talk about morning routine just because it has literally changed my life. And often the things that I'll write in my my morning journaling, that's when I'm the most clear. I'll do my meditation. I'll have a candle lit or some incense. and I'll be journaling. And as I'm writing, I'll get 
the name of a course or I'll get an idea or I'll, I'll often get the quotes that I write on Instagram. That message will come through during my spiritual practice because I'm not even trying to. It just comes out mm. at that time. So I think it's so important to have that spiritual practice, a regular spiritual practice, ideally daily, just to create that space for ideas to come through so that you can really connect because that is when the best ideas come through. When you're not trying, when you're not sat at a desk with a pen trying to force your to think of something if you create that space like for example I went to the beach this morning and I got like six ideas and I had mittens on because it's like one degree at the moment and I had to keep taking them off and get my phone and I was like for god's sake because you know when you get that intuitive hit and it doesn't go away it sticks until you write it down and I was like oh for goodness sake and I had to keep getting my phone out but it's because I was walking along I was admiring the waves I wasn't thinking um, and I just kept getting these ideas through so it is so important to have that space for meditation um whatever it is that you do, if you do guided meditation um, or you do Reiki in the mornings, it is so, so life-changing and it is the foundation of having a spiritual business, I think. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Because also it's like, if you're not doing the work yourself, how are you going to guide somebody else through it? And the, the world is so busy and there's so much constant input. And for a lot of us who are in the spiritual community and having a spiritually oriented business, we're on Instagram, we're on the computer. It's like, even though we, we are spiritual and that's where our heart and soul is, is, and that's where we want to connect. It's like, we have to operate with technology in order to operate our business. And so in that, as a byproduct of that, we're constantly flooded with different information, other people's opinions, which could spark an idea, you know, like just browsing Instagram or browsing the media. But for me as well, just like hearing you speak, my best ideas happen when I'm on a run, when I'm outside in nature, when I'm meditating, when I'm petting my cat, it's like when there's stillness, and I'm giving myself that opportunity for the inspiration to move through or for ideas to move through and just creating that space is just so important. And it doesn't need to be anything profound. It doesn't need to be like waking up at 4am with 50 crystals and chanting, you know, it's just creating, it's just creating space for the silence to kind of do its magic. Mm -hmm. And once you experience it a few times, then you realize how magical it is. And then you commit to making that space. Mm -hmm. And you realize that actually the best ideas do come through when you're not trying. It really is that release, that surrender that we always talk about as spiritual people. And that is when the nuggets come through, when that inspiration comes through, especially like names of things. If you're stuck on a, a name, what you're going to name something like, you know, a book or a course, or I'm writing a book at the moment and I um, I got stuck and I'd highlighted this, this phrase and I couldn't think how to word it. And then, you know, lo and behold, walking along the beach, the words come in. And um, yeah, it's just so, so important. And just for your kind of sanity and creating that space for you to um, connect as a spiritual person. And obviously if you're an introvert as well. Having that time alone is really important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and so the other thing that I'm coming to mind that I think would be so helpful to ask you about is when people are deeply intuitive and sensitive, um, and, and they have like this connection to spirituality, I feel that because the world can be so harsh and there can be, um, you know, like if you're really sensitive, watching the news is going to impact you a lot more than someone who may not be as sensitive, you know? And so how can people stay connected and stay clear, even when things are feeling rough or they're feeling discouraged by the external world or, 
um, just kind of feeling that heaviness that can really affect a lot of sensitive people, I think. Yeah. And you already started to allude to it there, what my answer is going to be, which was about controlling your digital environment that you find yourself in. And I'm exactly the same with the news. I actually gave up a few years ago because my um, my bachelor's degree was economics and politics. And it was like, you need to watch the news every day. You need to know what's going on in the markets. So I, um, I religiously watched the news every day because I thought I, I needed to. And then a few years ago, I just noticed that every time I was driving in the car, I felt more depressed after listening to the news than not. Because all they talk about is the murders, the rapes, this woman was attacked. And it gives you this really negative view of the world, which actually isn't the environment that I was in. These were like anomaly cases that are so um, shocking that they make it to the headline news. So um, definitely, you know, if you need to turn it off, then turn it off. I actually got this idea from Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week. And in it, he says that if something is important enough, then people will be talking about it. You don't need to watch the news to find out. If it's really that big and that important, then you'll hear about it. Someone will talk about it to you. They'll, you know, you'll find out somehow, which is true. You're still going to know there's a pandemic, even if you didn't watch the news when it started happening. Mm-hmm. You're still going to find out. Um, so if you need to turn off the news and you don't need it for say you know your job or something like that then do it and just in general with social media like I I know it's been really hard when we've had um, you know a lot of the events of the kind of past year or so when just it seems like social media has just blown up and so many sensitive people have really struggled with that Um, so again maintaining your boundaries can you go on for just an hour that day or can you go on for half an hour say what you want to say and then come off and can you do you know take an Epsom salt bath or do a Reiki clearing on yourself or ground yourself somehow. It's really just having those boundaries in place. Um, and I have some friends who are you know, really into digital detoxing, which I don't think I'm ready for yet. I'm not ready to have like a week without any technology at all. But they have said that, you know, if you can, it's so incredibly profound and it makes you realize that like you are not your phone. You don't need to be on your phone all day, every day, which is something that we tend to do as spiritual entrepreneurs who, like you said, have and Instagram things like that you need to reply to your customers and you need to post content and things like that um, but we are the only ones that can control that space that energy that we're in and it's the same for anything right like relationships friendships we need to set the boundaries ourselves and make the decision if we need to unplug then we need to unplug if we need to set a, a deadline at night time so you don't have any screens after 8 p.m then you need to do that but you just need to realize what is making you feel worse after it than before like I said about the news I always felt worse after hearing the five minute headlines on my car radio and then I realized okay I'm just gonna have to listen to podcasts and I, I don't even listen to the car radio anymore because um, I don't want to hear it it just makes me feel worse than before and like I said it's the same with you know if you meet your friends all the time you realize you always feel worse afterwards then you know something has to change same with food if you always feel worse after eating a certain type of food then it probably has to go and that's always like the barometer that I try and measure things by totally 100% because and I talk about this a lot as well is all of our senses are designed for consumption and so it's like we think about eating food as being like healthy or unhealthy but it's also what we're listening to, what we're looking at, what we're, what conversations we're choosing to indulge in, what energy we're choosing to surround ourselves with. And so being mindful of our diet in all of our senses, not just the food consumption is how we can make our way towards a more balanced, healthy lifestyle, truly healthy. 
And so I, I want to be respectful of your time. I have one last question that is kind of going into a different direction, Ooh. but this is another question that I get often. And I'm curious to hear your response, but for people who are wanting to, um, deepen their connection to their intuition, what would be your advice? Okay. So there's some, it depends basically what you're trying to use this for. So if you are trying to deepen your connection to your intuition to do spiritual work, like you want to become a tarot reader, you think you have some psychic ability or you've had some experience with spirits, you want to become a medium, then I would recommend actually going to some spiritual development classes or some mediumship circles. So that's what I did um, for a few years, actually. And I mean, not so much now they've gone on to Zoom. It's not quite the same, but it's amazing in person when you go to these spiritual development classes and these mediumship circles. So you can find these on meetup.com if you have a spiritualist church near you i hate they call it a church it's not a church it's like a center if you have a spiritualist center near you or a spiritualist church then you can go to these classes um you can also work with there are coaches that do this so i recently worked with a mediumship coach and we did a four-week um, program did we had some sitters so i would practice doing mediumship readings with people so you can also hire a coach these are the kind of things to do if you really want to use your intuition like i said for a spiritual business to do readings that kind of thing if you're not intending to do that and you just kind of want to be a bit more in tune then i would say maybe it's time to start using some oracle cards journaling is a really good way to start um, using your intuition because because you can write to yourself, what am I feeling today? What do I really want to do? Because this is what listening to our intuition is all about. What do I really want to do? What do I think like my soul? Because we're trying to hear our intuition because it's so easy to get drowned out and there's so many distractions around us and that's why we want to tune in which again goes back to spiritual practice so just making that space spending time on your own meditating trusting writing and then if you really want to take it up a level and you know really deepen your abilities then that's when you want to do the classes working with a coach who helps with that specific kind of thing um you just got to put your your own feelings first you have to feel your way forward basically. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And so for the people who are listening and want to work with you, you do one-on-one coaching, you have different programs and classes, and do you offer readings? Do you offer tarot readings or do they have to sign up for something in order to receive one? No. So actually it's funny you say that because this is actually, they're closed at the moment. Um, They're on a wait list, but when they open again, this 20, 21 is going to be the last year that I do them um so yeah I'm going to be doing them for the rest of this year and then next year um then it will just be coaching and uh courses so yeah at the moment I do I also do free angel card readings like um you can get one free angel card as well okay well thank you so much and what is your website how can people reach you on social media and your website yeah. So the best place is Instagram. I'm on there pretty much all day. So it's Ooh. at I am Liz Roberta. And then my website's lizroberta.com. Uh, Facebook, all of my social TikTok is at I am Liz Roberta. That's the same on everything. Um, but if you just Google Liz Roberta, that my website will be at the top. Okay. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link all of those in the show notes as well for people if they're looking. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. I really appreciate it. It was so fun. Yes. It's always good talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening until the end of this segment. Again, I hope that you enjoyed it, listening to our conversation, learning more about Liz and her work, and feeling more inspired to live in alignment and maybe even integrate spiritual alignment into the work that you are doing and bringing into the world as well. If you would like to learn more about Liz, please look in the descriptions. I'm going to include all of her contact information. And as usual, if you have any questions for me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow Astrology Now's Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast. And perhaps I will see you all on Patreon, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.